Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, the Equality Act is reintroduced in Congress. Donald Trump finally fills appointments to the Presidential Advisory Council on AIDS. Utah moves towards a more effective hate crimes law. Openly gay Mayor Pete Buttigieg qualifies for the first Democratic presidential debate. And out-recording artist Nico releases his new EP. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. With much fanfare, the Equality Act, which would add LGBT protections to the Civil Rights Act of 1964, was reintroduced in Congress this week. Sponsored by Senator Jeff Merkley of Oregon, Senate Bill 788 has 43 Democratic sponsors, two independent sponsors, and one Republican sponsor, Senator Susan Collins of Maine. Only one Democrat in the Senate did not sign on to the legislation. Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Manchin didn't sponsor the legislation when it was introduced in 2017, either. And when marriage equality became the law of the land in 2015, his office only issued a tepid one-sentence statement urging people to abide by the law. Similarly, in the House of Representatives, the Equality Act has 239 co-sponsors, 237 Democrats, and two Republicans, Representative Brian K. Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania and Representative John Katko of New York. Representative Dan Lipinski of Illinois is the only lone Democrat who did not sign on for the bill. Lipinski has a squirrely history as a Democrat. He was the only Democrat to sponsor the First Amendment Defense Act, which seeks to legalize anti-LGBTQ discrimination nationwide. And he voted for the hateful Defense of Marriage Act. When the Equality Act was last introduced in the House in 2017, he voted against it. Hmm. The Equality Act adds LGBTQ protections to the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which ended segregation in public places and prohibited employment discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin, as well as the Fair Housing Act of 1968, which prohibited discrimination concerning the sale, rental, and financing of housing based on race, religion, national origin, or sex. Recent polling shows a supermajority of Americans support the Equality Act. Additionally, over 165 major American businesses have issued a statement of support for the Equality Act. In his State of the Union address this year, Donald Trump announced a new health initiative to end new HIV transmissions in the United States by the year 2030. The announcement, while certainly laudable, was a surprise to HIV-AIDS activists who haven't seen much to cheer for since Donald Trump took office. In June of 2017, for example, 
six members of the Presidential Advisory Council on HIV-AIDS resigned via a public op-ed in Newsweek saying Trump, quote, simply doesn't care about HIV. They pointed to Trump's failure to appoint a director of the White House Office of National AIDS Policy as just one example of his disinterest in the subject. The position continues to be vacant even today. Six months later, the president dismissed the remaining members of the council with no explanation. The council remained dormant for almost a year until December when Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar announced Carl Schmidt, Deputy Executive Director of the AIDS Institute, and John Weissman, Secretary of Health for the State of Washington, would be the new co-chairs. This week, the Health and Human Services Department added nine members to the council, saying they will play a critical role in the Trump administration's plan to eliminate HIV infections by 2030. The new members, who come from a wide range of professions, including science, activism, and the pharmaceutical industry, will provide recommendations and advice to HHS regarding programs and policies in treating and preventing HIV. The council met for the first time this week in Washington, D.C. Now, while this represents progress, there's also mixed news on the HIV-AIDS front in terms of funding. The president released his proposed budget for fiscal year 2020 this week, which includes $291 million for HIV-AIDS programs in the United States, but cuts over $1 billion from the president's emergency plan for AIDS relief. PEPFAR, and $250 million from the Global Fund. PEPFAR is credited with saving over 16 million lives abroad since its launch in 2003 by President George W. Bush. The Global Fund is an international organization that focuses on ending epidemics like tuberculosis, malaria, and HIV. After the victim of an alleged gay bashing in Salt Lake City, Utah, caught his attacker punching him on video last month, state lawmakers found themselves under new pressure to update the state's hate crime statute. Upon the arrest of the suspect, Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill told the media he would not be attaching hate crime enhancements to the charges. At the time, he told the press, quote, I would have to show that the person involved in criminal behavior had the intent to deny a constitutionally protected right. It's so burdensome, we don't even go for it. Utah's hate crime laws apparently have never been utilized successfully in court. And so, last week the state Senate passed an updated version of the law by a vote of 18 to 11. And Tuesday night, Members of the House approved the legislation by a vote of 64 to 9. According to the Salt Lake Tribune, the new bill would allow judges to increase penalties for a crime if a defendant is convicted of targeting someone based on ancestry, disability, ethnicity, gender identity, national origin, race, religion, or sexual orientation. Additional classes that would be protected under the bill include age, familial status, homelessness, marital status, matriculation, military service, and status as a police officer or emergency responder to the list of protected classes. 
a person would first have to be convicted of a crime before additional penalties would apply. Governor Herbert has signaled he will sign the final version of the bill. Troy Williams, the executive director of Equality Utah, said the moment was nearly 20 years in the making. He told the Tribune, it was incredibly moving to have a body of conservative elected lawmakers vote for protections for LGBTQ individuals. An interesting development during the debate in the House, though, was the passage of an amendment that adds political expression to the list of categories that will be protected under the new law. State Representative Carrie Ann Lisenby of Clearfield became emotional as she shared that she had been the target of death threats after she recently made changes to a proposed bill that would have banned so-called conversion therapy for minors. I didn't like the changes myself. Lisenby's changes eventually gutted the bill and led to the main sponsor pulling his own legislation from consideration for now. The development not only angered LGBTQ activists, but past Facebook comments by Lisenby were brought to light in an Associated Press report where she questioned if living a quote-unquote homosexual lifestyle hmm, could lead people to suicide. Boo. As a result of her tearful testimony, the amendment to the hate crimes bill was passed. The bill now heads back to the state Senate to approve the changes to the bill where it's expected to pass and head to the governor's desk. South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg announced on Saturday this week that his campaign had raised enough individual donors to guarantee a spot in the first Democratic Party debate of the 2020 presidential cycle. Buttigieg revealed in a tweet that his team had received more than 76,000 individual donations passing the 65,000 individual threshold set by the Democratic National Committee. Buttigieg is the first openly gay candidate for major political party's nomination for president. On Twitter, he shared with his followers, Thanks to you, we hit the Democrats' 65,000 donor goal in order to be invited to the first debate. But we're going to need to raise a lot more money to compete. I know I can hold my own on the debate stage, and represent your values with honor and integrity, but I need to know we can build a strong organization too. During an appearance on The Late Late Show, the 37-year-old mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who served in the Navy during the war in Afghanistan, told Stephen Colbert that he is very conscious of the historic nature of his candidacy, but he hopes to work towards a world where who he loves isn't newsworthy at all. He told Colbert, quote, you know, it's really hard figuring out how to come out. I was mayor already. I'd kind of reached the point in life where I wanted to come out. I wanted to have a personal life. Inconveniently, I was in the middle of a re-election campaign, and I had just decided it was time to do it. We didn't know what the politics would be. I'm from a socially conservative community. But I just came out there, said who I was, and I wound up getting re-elected with 80% of the vote. You go, Mayor Pete. Ireland's openly gay Prime Minister, Leo Varadkar, spoke out against homophobia right in front of notoriously anti-LGBTQ Vice President Mike Pence. At a formal presidential visit earlier this week, Varadkar and his partner, Matt Barrett, met with Pence at the Vice President's home in Washington, D.C. 
Varadkar thanked Pence for a really warm reception. However, when he was later asked by reporters how he felt being in such close proximity to members of President Trump's conservative administration, he did not hold back. He told the press, I stand here as the leader of my country, flawed and human, but judged by my political actions, not by my sexual orientation, my skin tone, gender, or religious beliefs. And I don't believe my country is the only country where this is possible. We are, after all, all God's children. And that's true of the U.S. as well. Land and home of the brave and the free, where the promise of America inspires boys and girls all over the world to dream big dreams. Here's hoping Pence takes a cue from Rodker's compassion and diplomacy. Out recording artist Nico released his first EP titled RMNC 21 this week. The handsome singer-songwriter was born and raised in Milan, and his earliest musical endeavors began as creative collaborations with underground DJs. Along the way, he's been inspired by pop icons like Janet Jackson, George Michael, and Madonna. He's since worked in London, New York City, and Los Angeles crafting his own contemporary take on pop music with Euro influences and honing his own production skills. The result is a sensual soundscape that encompasses both the universal and the personal, love, sex, and complicated emotional bonds. In reviewing Nico's cover of Light My Fire, Billboard Pride contributor John Ali compared Nico's muscular vocals to a young George Michael, calling the recording a romantic and sensual vocal delivery. Nico says the new collection of songs, quote, tells a story of romance, love, and lust with pop melodies and dance beats. I tried to paint a picture based on my own experiences and fantasies. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. I'll close with Nico's terrific cover of Light My Fire. Remember, if we want to see our lives reflected in pop culture, we need to support. So if you hear something you like here on The Randy Report, head over to iTunes or Amazon and buy it. That's just $1.29 that helps artists create and reflect more of our lives. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. Oh, you know that it would be untrue You know that I would be a lie If I was to say to you We couldn't get much higher Come on baby, light my fire Come on baby, light my fire Try and set the night on fire Oh
Light my fire. Come, baby, light.